0: What's up, guys? It's Teresa. And Kerrigan. And welcome back to another episode of Women Behind the Camera. This week, we'll be reviewing The Hurt Locker, directed by Katherine Bigelow. Let's start us off with a little bit of a synopsis.
1: This is a fictional story based loosely around true events in Iraq. The Hurt Locker follows Sergeant Sanborn and Specialist Eldridge after the death of their Staff Sergeant. This brings the arrival of Staff Sergeant William James, who has an unconventional way of doing things. The movie explores the last 38 days of the members in the Bravo Company and how their final days affect their lives after they return, after their wartime. Alrighty.
0: Bit of a crazy movie.
1: It was a bit of
0: a crazy movie. And I will say, I think we both went into this movie kind of thinking like, hey. what are we watching? <laughs> yeah. Alright, would you like to go first for yeah, what we liked? Yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. The thing that stuck out to me the most was the camera work. Yep. I loved the like raw footage It and even how like shaky some of the scenes were. It really just feels like you're right there with them. And it just the camera work really immerses you into the life of living in a wartime in Iraq. I really loved that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And I think also with camera work, like while they were in like their living quarters, sometimes the camera was a bit more shaky. Mm hmm. But then, when they had those scenes where it was really chaotic, like to bring down the level of chaos, like when they're in the desert and there's the shootout happening, mm-hmm. the camera becomes really steady. Yeah when sergeant james
0: becomes like a voice of reason so i thought that was really cool and it really shows the focus that was necessary there and then the shots where they're in the streets of iraq Mm -hmm. and they zoom in on the people that are like standing above on their balconies or something like that like yeah it really gives you that eye it's like it coming directly from your eyes like you're the one looking up at those people on the balcony yeah
1: yeah, I I just think the movie like the camera work was phenomenal. I totally enjoyed it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think another piece of the movie that I really enjoyed was the complexity of Sergeant James's character. He was almost like he's like a serial bomb diffuser.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz he he really gets a high from diffusing the bombs. Like even when it puts his team in danger just a little bit, he'll stay in Diffuse a bomb for an extra minute, like the car bomb.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, the car bomb.
1: That was like his team was like, bro, we need to get out, like, we need to leave. And he
0: took the headphones off. Mm -hmm. He was like, no thanks. I felt a little bad for his buddies there because his arrogance like yeah while it made for a great movie in real life like his arrogance could so easily get them killed but then like the reason
1: i guess is he's his character just so complex is because we go from that moment of him being completely arrogant and like throwing the headphones out to the moment in the desert when he's like you can do it like he's mm-hmm. got the rangefinder he's Narrowing no. in, zeroing in on targets. He gets the guy a nice juice pouch.
0: He's got the Capri Sun.
1: The Capri Sun. I just, I don't know. I think he goes from being this kind of chaotic character who's reckless and carefree to being a leader. And you really get mm-hmm. to see that transition happen when stuff is really going down. And his team, like, the three of them make it out. So that was yeah. that was good to know. Yeah. So I think we should go right into what we didn't like. Surprisingly, there was not much that I didn't like about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the ending, I did not love because a part of me really just wanted him to stay home with his family. Yeah. But I knew that that's not something that he could do. Mm-hmm. That's That was like my only real big critique, I guess.
0: Yeah. Kind of leaves you with a little bit of a sad feeling. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's war. So you kind of get that feeling either way. I, <laughs> there were some scenes that I really just had to... Pause the movie and shut the laptop for the yeah. scene where he's digging through the person's um, what was it chest stomach yeah for the for body bomb the body bomb it is so gruesome at some points and I understand that it's war so it kind of has to be gruesome at some point well you but also, wow
1: it also brings up the point that like that happens in real life yeah and so if it was like a sci-fi movie like. Say you're watching, I don't know, like Aliens or mm-hmm. whatever, Alien. When the alien comes out of the guy's chest, like it's gruesome, but you can handle it because it's not real. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like this stuff, it's so The gruesome, reality
0: in this movie really it's, it hits you where it hurts. It makes it all like the perception of it is just so different. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. So should we go into other people's thoughts on the film? Yes, definitely. So Rotten Tomatoes gave The Hurt Locker a 97%. That is the highest rating I've seen so far out of our movie analysis. Uh, well, besides Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, yeah. But besides Citizen Kane, this is the highest rating I've seen from Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. IMDb, significantly lower, though, a 7.5 out of 10. And then Metacritic, a 95%.
1: Yeah, IMDb is consistently
0: giving us, like, 7s and 8s. I don't think I've seen a 9 out of them so far. Kind of, like, a slightly above mediocre score.
1: Yeah, I I think, yeah. I wonder why. I'd probably agree with, like, the Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores. Mm -hmm. I think the movie was really good. Yeah. I don't think there was anything that was really wrong with it. Like, there were no major mistakes or, like, flaws that I could kind of pick Mm -hmm. out, so... All right, I'll talk about some Oscar award noms. Woo-woo. So for our nominations, we've got Best Actor, Jeremy Renner, Best cinematography um, and Best Original Score, and then those were just the nominated. And then the ones that they won were Best Picture, Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Sound Editing, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Sound Mixing. So they won six out of the um, nine that they were nominated for. I really swept. Yeah, and this this is an important little piece of little tidbit of information. This is the least grossing box office Oscar winner because they put the movie out the year before the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like I think probably right after the previous
0: oscars so they didn't get all the box office hype mm-hmm. all the they buzz could've. that would be right before yeah and mm-hmm. apparently Catherine bigelow was the first woman to win best director i mean
1: while we're filming this it is the month of march mm-hmm. it's our national international women's month mm-hmm. and then your hosts are two women two so women it really it's close to home yeah I just think it's it's very cool. And then this year, 2021, two women are up for best director. And this is the first time that that's ever happened. So
0: this year, we have two female directors in the Oscars. They will be directing Nomadland. And also Promising Young Woman. Oh. So it'll be interesting to see if either of them get that award. I hope that one of them does. I've heard good things about both of those movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with Nomadland winning Best Picture in the Golden Globes, I feel like they definitely have a really good chance in the Oscars this year.
1: I agree. All right. I think we're already at our final thoughts. I think so. Would you like to go
0: first? Uh, sure. This is a movie that really surprised me. Came out of nowhere. I'd never heard of it before. And I'm not one for war movies, typically. But it was a very pleasant surprise. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I heard we were doing Catherine Bigelow. I kind of wanted to do Point Break. <laughs> I really show. wanted to watch Point Break. And then she's like, here's some movies to pick from. And <laughs> we are like let's do the Hurt Locker, and sure. I looked at, I, I'm gonna tell you, I looked at the sleeve of the movie, and I was like, I'm not gonna like this. Yeah. And then I started watching it, and I was like, oh,
0: it's okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's no, really good. Yeah. So, I was also very surprised. All right, well, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and catch us next week for our review of Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Bye! Bye!